Welcome, 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 friends, wrestling fans across the world. I'm Nick Sicali, and you are listening to a special edition of the Fresh Out the Deli podcast. This is the Five Knuckle Sandwich, the new wrestling podcast on Fresh Out the Deli. And I am here with Troy Provo Heron, as usual. Um, and we're going to be talking about Survivor Series. It ended about an hour ago. We're both recuperating from what was a uh, devastating blow to the legacy of Brock Lesnar, The Undertaker, John Cena, and anybody the Beast Incarnate has victimized in the past. Um, Troy, I gotta ask you, did WWE just ruin the legacies of all of their superstars for a video game? It's kind of hard not to look at it that way, right? I mean, there's just no other way to look at it other than saying Goldberg will sell more video games if he wins, and regardless of what Brock Lesnar's done in the past, it doesn't matter. And that's so... It's so sad, because... I don't even know how to put it into words, Nick. I'm just... uh, I'm still flustered. So, I guess the best way to, like, try to analyze this is... Just to let everybody know, Brock Lesnar lost to Goldberg. Goldberg, who hadn't wrestled in 12 years. Brock Lesnar, who hadn't lost a legitimate match in about five years. Uh, Goldberg beat him in 25 seconds. It couldn't have been more than a minute. Uh, It definitely couldn't have been more than two minutes for sure. Yeah. Um, So I think the best way to approach this is... Not criticize the match or decision or what exactly happened because we could do that for a while. But like, if because they went this way, like, what the heck could they be doing after this? Like, this has got to lead to something, right? Like, it's not like Brock Lesnar just comes back. I, I can't. I, I don't. I just, I'm at a loss again, Nick. I'm at a loss for words. I just don't know how you, how you step in this because you can't. You can't make Goldberg an everyday person. No. I mean, and, he, and loses, thing, he loses some of his appeal if he's there every day, too. Like, it's nice when you have an old guy come back. I mean, I don't, I'm usually not a big fan, but if you have somebody come back for a month or so, it's okay. But, I mean, nobody's gonna, in another month, nobody's going to be pumped that Goldberg's around. So before, I think I've done some research. I think the last time Brock Lesnar was legitimately pinned in WWE defeated was WrestleMania 20 against Goldberg. He hadn't lost, like, a legitimate match since then? No. I mean, the last match that he lost that I can remember... Um, was Undertaker. It was Undertaker, but that was the weird fake tap out not really happening, and then he didn't submit. He kind of passed out. And that and was a... Yeah. Yeah. Hitting the groin and all that. So, I mean, yeah. in, in that match, you know, he should have won it to begin with, so nobody really counts that as a loss. Um he never lost to Cena when he had the title run. He never lost to Seth um, legitimately. Uh, the Undertaker yes, came I'm... in and kind of disrupted one of his matches with Seth, but that was kind of it. Uh, he didn't lose legitimately to Roman Reigns because Seth came in and stole the championship. So it's kind yeah. of just uh, – I, I mean I can't remember a time that I actually saw Brock pinned. And you've been watching a lot more than longer than I have. Yeah, I mean, it's I guess it's been almost thirteen years 
You'd think they'd be playing that angle up more if that was the case. If I, I mean, he, you got to remember, he stepped away for a really long time because of UFC. So, mm-hmm. I mean, he went from 2007 is when his last match before he came back in 2012 was. I guess. So he missed five years of his career. Yeah, that's true. And it's kind of interesting. You don't think about it because Goldberg is old. But I think Goldberg's only, like, what, 49? Like, he's actually only 10 years older than Brock. Probably on, probably younger than The Undertaker. Yeah. So, like, I mean, if you think about it, obviously he's been gone forever and it's not believable that he could beat Brock. But if you think about it, the age difference, there's people who are 10 years older than somebody else in WWE all the time who win. Yeah, but... Like, Triple H I mean, goes is, and beats up all these 20-year-olds, and he's 45. But this is Brock Lesnar we're talking about. Yeah, no, it and doesn't I make just, any sense. I mean, look, I think I think Brock Lesnar has always been... You know, as long as he's been in the ring, he is the guy. That's been that way ever since he stepped in the ring in 2000. Mm-hmm. 2002, when he debuted. Um, but when he beat Undertaker... At WrestleMania 30, that was it. And you it, you just thought if that happened, Brock Lesnar, him being a part-time fighter, he can't lose again. And that was what I thought that, you know, he'd wrestle for maybe a year or two more and he would never lose again. And he'd go out with the legacy of being the guy who was damn near unbeatable. You could not beat him. And then they go out there and have him get dominated by a guy who hasn't wrestled in 12 years. Right. And if you were going to have Brock finally take the fall and and go down, you'd think it'd be to push somebody ahead. Like if, yes. if there was like – if Brock gets like a huge up, – hugely upset by like – not even like an AJ Styles, somebody younger than that. Like if Dean Ambrose would have beat him at WrestleMania this year, you could have said like, okay – at least we understand, like, Dean Ambrose is an up-and-comer. He's somebody who's going to hold the belt a handful of times in the future, and by beating Brock Lesnar, it really propels him up really quickly. Uh, yeah. But, like, to do it to a guy who, for all we know right now, he's not coming back. Like, Goldberg oh, went in, he beat somebody, and then he left. Like, I mean, you have to assume he would have gotten in that shape for a longer run than a two-minute match. So I'm guessing we'll see him again, but, like... I mean, to give it to Goldberg, who, I mean, the WWE kind of forgot about, and he was kind of a joke yeah. for part of I mean, people made fun of Ryback by calling him Goldberg. I mean, here's the problem. Here's the biggest problem I have with this, other than, obviously, Goldberg winning in three moves. It's, this had, this had just disaster written all over it from the beginning. Because you call it a mega match and you say, you know, it's, you know, fantasy warfare, which in some cases it is, even though it had already happened before. But the problem with this is, is Goldberg, even in his prime, couldn't wrestle for more than 10 minutes. He just doesn't have the wrestling background to be able to do it. And he used to botch things all the time at WCW. So this match couldn't be more than 10 minutes, I'm assuming, because he couldn't do it in his prime. How would he do it 12 years after he left? Right, Goldberg was, and I'm not gonna. It's gonna be a weird comparison because Roman Reigns has very long, great matches. So in terms of the time frame, like you were saying, it doesn't work. But if you think about Roman Reigns now and how his move set is and how it's very stiff and clunky and it's just these big power shots, I mean that's that's Goldberg 
from yeah. 15 years ago. He would do the spear. He'd do the jackhammer. He'd give a few and forearms and a couple of big hits. But, like, he yeah. was never a finesse fighter. And, yeah. like you said, like, you'd get lucky if you got 15 minutes from him. Um, that, that being said, he did have that run of being undefeated for a while in WWE. So but like half of that, he was facing like people that they picked out of the crowd. Right. And it's like a, and it's like a fictional thing. Like they say like 170, but like he went from like 18 to like 80 in the span of like a month, which isn't even physically possible unless you're having like three matches a month, a, a day. Yeah. Like, was that one of those streaks that they were counting like the house shows? Yeah, <laughs> but I, but even if you count house shows, I don't think it makes sense. I think it's like, yeah. But I mean, and you know what's you know what's even more upsetting, Nick, is that we're sitting here talking about this instead of what was an absolutely epic match right before. Yeah, you loved that match. I could tell from uh, when you were texting and tweeting, you were uh, obsessed with what was going on. No, I mean it was it was exciting. I don't think it. See, here's the thing. I think over the last couple months, I, th- I honestly think the brand split has kind of been a disaster. <laughs> I, I really do, and you know how excited I was about it when it first when it first got announced. But it's been about everything that could go wrong has. But that's the first time in about since the brand split that I have been on my edge on the edge of my seat throughout an entire match. Mm-hmm. It was fantastic from the start. Um, and I haven't felt that way about a WWE match in a really long time. I think it was really good. Um, they played the angles within the different teams pretty well. Like, they had the Seth and Roman working together, which, if this is the route they're going, that's kind of cool. They had Dean and AJ fighting with each other, which uh, made a lot of sense. Because uh, I was kind of concerned, like, Dean and AJ are fighting for the last three months then you're gonna have them on the same team like there's no way they can get yeah. along so that that worked for me and uh i mean there were there were a lot of really nice moments there right uh yeah i mean ellsworth Jimmy. ellsworth <laughs> him coming in and defeating Strowman, uh fantastic was a good spot yeah and then he got thrown through a table <laughs> he got thrown to the table that was also really good shane jumping off the top thing was great and then shane possibly ending his life with that spear also it was kind of a scary but it was a spot you know yeah uh, shane's shane's instant money yeah he is and every time every time shane's in a match you have to watch because he does something ridiculous and it's ridiculous not only because it's cool what he's doing but also because like He's, like, the only guy in the industry right now who's, like, literally risking his body and his, right. like, livelihood for it. And it's it's a lot of fun to be a part of that and watch it. I really get frustrated with his little punches. Uh, never, found, <laughs> like, never found those. You don't like the boxing? No, never found those very realistic. I mean, he's been doing that for 20 years, so I guess I have to get used to it at some point, but... The, the little yeah. the little jabs just don't do it for me, but I mean. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, I mean he's he's fantastic, and instead of that, we're sitting here talking about two spears and a jackhammer to the really what he has become is the myth of Brock Lesnar, and that's it's disturbing almost, you know. Why didn't they put that match if it was going to be such a weird ending why didn't they put that like before the five on five 
Okay, so I think... So I think the WWE gets caught up in, like, again, like, these mega matches. Because if you think about it, WrestleMania 30, the final match at WrestleMania 30 was also Brock Lesnar Undertaker. And that match lasted, like, 18 minutes, mostly because no, Undertaker wasn't. got concussed. I think, I think Daniel Bryan was after that. No, it was the last match because... I'm pretty sure oh, Dan- maybe you're Daniel right. Bryan you match right. was at the end because they wouldn't have had him yeah. winning the championship. You're right because Daniel beat mm-hmm. Randy Orton and Batista. Because that's and what that got the crowd back so. into it. That was a great the WrestleMania, longer. wasn't it? It was a fantastic WrestleMania. I forgot that match was on that card. For some reason, <laughs> I thought that was the year after. Well, but the last pay-per-view that they had that was kind of joint like that was the, the Randy Brock match was the last match, right? And that's, Yeah, and, and that lasted that was, all of... Right, two and a half minutes again. I mean, yeah, that was, was like a little four, longer, but... Four suplexes, I think, what... Randy and... I don't remember what even happened in that match. I just know that Randy got his head busted open and yeah, bled the, like the, a the, stuffed pig. The knee to the head, and then Randy was out, and it looked like he may be dead. I mean, that's the nice thing about these last couple of pay-per-views. I guess there's been a legitimate spot where you thought somebody may die. Like, I mean, I thought Shane may have been... He was completely out. He had no idea what he was doing after he took that spear in this one. No, Shane has no idea where he is still. You saw it in his eyes. He had no idea where he was. The eyes were wide open. He was kind of like, not, he wasn't like twitching, but like he was rolling awkwardly. Uh, yeah, the ref screwed up. up the count because he just didn't know. He did, I, like, I, I, I don't know if I could, if it was where it was supposed to be a three count, but then Shane accidentally like kind of rolled and lifted his shoulder and the ref just went with it. Or it was the other way around where he was supposed to kick out, but he really didn't. And the ref like thought he did. So he like was trying to pretend that the shoulder yeah, he, was up like, but either way it was botched. Shane, yeah. I mean, Shane, not knowing where he is, he just rolled out of the pin because he like, I mean, for all he knew he was on Saturn. And the ref was just like, well, I can't call it a three count if, it's, if he's sitting on his side. Oh, what was with, um, what's his name at the end of the five on five match when he just started screaming raw wins? JBL? Yeah. Like why, what, what, what you heard that, right? Yeah. I know. Like JBL right at the end of the that. match, JBL just gets confused. And I mean, <laughs> that's almost like a fireable offense, isn't it? Like raw wins, then, raw wins, raw wins. And it's like, he said it like eight times. To be and fair then, to JBL, he's uh, like, he's worked on Raw most of it. Has he? I don't even know. I just, I feel like he's been on Raw a lot more than he has been on SmackDown in his career. He's and just so just, used to it. Yeah, he's just old. I mean, it's what fine. are you going to do? But I mean. That match but, was really, really solid, though. Um, I mean, really, that should have been the omen of what was to come, if you think about it. JBL says we're all wins, and then... <laughs> well, even in, like, a, an almost perfect match, there's always something that goes wrong like that, right? Yeah. Like, like WWE could just never have, like, that picture-perfect moment. Like, you think it's going to happen, and then there's one thing that happens at, like, the very end, or you hear something after that, you're like, oh, never mind, that kind of ruins everything. Yeah, I mean, like, if you want to go back to Daniel Bryan winning at WrestleMania 30, he wins, and it's like, oh, awesome, the fans love it, everybody's so into it, it was a great match, it was a great match to get Daniel Bryan in that match against Triple H, and he wins, and then Batista gets mad that he wasn't, like, <laughs> like Batista, like the actual person, not the wrestler, gets right. mad that he wasn't, he thought he wasn't used right, and he leaves. <laughs> right, that, like, just kills the legacy. <laughs> yeah, so, like, yeah, I mean, WWE never has anything perfect, but you also don't expect them to be, like, the complete opposite of perfect, which is how they ended tonight. <laughs> yeah. And before the 5-on-5 match, those other matches, I mean, there was really nothing of note, right? 
No, I mean, it was a it was a really bad pay per view up until that match. Mm-hmm. I, really, I guess I mean, the, the Miz Sami Zayn match was fine. No, I'm just uh, it was it. It was fine. I don't think it was bad, or but it wasn't great either. Um, I'm just like the tag match was a complete okay. waste. Okay, so I think like going back to that, I think Miz is like a like he's like a funny champion. It's cool that Miz is champion. It's like fun to watch. But there's just only so many ways that, like, now it's just getting ridiculous to the point where they just don't have any cool ways for him to win without actually winning. Because I mean, it's all he is. He's a cheater. And you can't break that character. Because mm-hmm. everybody yeah. knows he's not good enough. They do eventually have to have him win, like, almost legitimately, right? Or, I mean, you'd like, think so. But, it, I mean, it's been almost a year since he won a match that, like, he actually deserved to win. Right, that like somebody didn't spray somebody else in the eyes or grab their leg or the uh, spirit squad comes in, like. And it's really upsetting because I like I really think Dolph Ziggler, Sami Zayn would have been a fantastic match. Oh yeah, that like, would have been really that would, good. I mean, both of those two always put on tremendous matches. That would have been equally as good as Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens before KO was champion a few months back. Well, um, Dol- I mean, you know, Dolph's going to get the belt back sometime in the next week. I mean, that's bound to happen. The Miz, they're just probably going to go back and forth. Like, the Miz doesn't need the belt right now. Yeah, it's just frustrating. I don't want to see the Miz anymore. Uh, do you like any of the tag teams that are around right now? <laughs> Other than the New Day and Endzone cast? No. And and even them, like, they're they're getting a bit stale now. They come out and do the exact same thing every single week. Well, I don't mind that, but, like, I just feel like there hasn't been, like, a real, like, legitimate, like actual like good tag team match like title match that's been billed in a really long time mostly because like gallows and anderson are just complete flops they're terrible there's no other way to put it and those are the last that's the last team that the new day has faced and they faced him for three months and then the the sheamus cesaro thing is interesting but they aren't really a tag team yeah i mean i think that could work but i think so i think what everybody just wants to see is the New Day and Endzone cast. I think it'd be fun if the New Day went back heel and they fought Endzone cast. But again, the WWE just sticks its foot in its mouth. Mm-hmm. And, and the SmackDown tag oh, it's teams just are, it's just worthless. I mean, that group as they slowly came out, you were like, "God, this is just a, this is an abysmal group." Uh, if they could somehow trade American Alpha to Raw. They could just get rid of the tag team division in SmackDown because the rest of them are trash. No, oh, the, the new Usos are fine. Oh, I like I like the new Usos. That's true, but uh, like I can't I can't look at Mojo Rawley no running around like the Energizer fucking bunny. It's ridiculous, and I don't want to see Rhino anymore. He's he's been there for too long. Well, I'm Rhino fine with Heath, but but Rhino, Rhino, and Heath. <laughs> Rhino and Heath are actually kind of funny. I don't mind them, but I really can't stand Breezango handing out ugly tickets like can we get like you don't have to be completely serious but there's like a line of like foolishness that i'm don't want you to cross and ugly tickets are well beyond like fashion police come on that's well beyond the level of foolishness that i expect and i you know, and i, I kind of like the name fashion police too if that was like <laughs> the real name but like then don't dress as like flamboyant police officers and handing out tickets like you don't need to take it to that extreme but but if you're gonna do that I'm, I'm cool if you want to do that and, like, you know, entertain the fans, but make them jobbers. Like, they shouldn't be nowhere should they have beaten, like, the Vaude villains, who I don't like, but at <laughs> least, like, 
like they're decent wrestlers and like they take the crap seriously. Yeah. That's, <laughs> so I guess it's just the, the tag team divisions really do need to be realigned. I think for both shows, just they don't work. Like if you think of if Enzo and Cass were on SmackDown instead of Raw, how much I think it'd be a lot better. I mean, I, Nick, I said, it, I said it from the beginning. What they needed to do is put the tag team division, all of the tag team division in its entirety on one show and put the women's division, all of its entirety, on another. That It would help, but it, uh, I don't like know. We, we, it's, we don't need two tag team champions and two women's champions. The SmackDown women's division's a joke. No, I actually like the SmackDown women's division. Well, I like SmackDown a lot, and I definitely like it more than Raw. Or at least I like I like the storytelling of SmackDown more than the yes. story of Raw because Raw doesn't have a story at all right now. No, it doesn't. And I Raw like, just I like, keeps. I do. Raw keeps. I like do- Sorry, go ahead. No, I like SmackDown more than Raw too, but I just feel like it could have been done better. Like again, I said I'm, I'm okay with two world heavyweight belts. I think you need that, but like I feel like if you would have put all of the tag team division on SmackDown. With the Intercontinental Championship and the WWE Championship, it could still be a fantastic show. And Raw could still be a fantastic show if you put all the women's division, the Universal title, the U.S. title, the Cruiserweight title, all over there. It's just a, it, it's, it's just an oversaturation of things. So the nice thing about having the women's division split up is that now, for the first time in history, you have at least two female storylines going at once i think that's a big benefit to have especially if you want to try to legitimize the women's division um well that that's true but the the thing that doesn't work especially with raw is you have two people and that's it because like bailey is not i like bailey fine but she it doesn't make any sense for her to be able to beat charlotte it just doesn't like, if she just came up and Sasha's – everybody knows Sasha's better and everybody knows Charlotte and Sasha are both better, like, giving Bailey a title chance just doesn't make any sense. So they just have to keep doing Charlotte and Sasha over and over and over again because there really are no other options. Yeah, and I mean – and I, I completely agree with you. But I think that's the problem with the two titles. And it's not that I, you know, don't want to see the women, you know, have their storylines because personally – I enjoy the women's wrestling just as much as I do the men's wrestling. But over on Raw, I think you're right. Bailey's going to take some time to develop into a championship contender. She's not there yet. Mm-hmm. And so what you have is you just have Charlotte and Sasha fighting each other every month. And, like, Paige could potentially be there. But, I mean, she might be suspended for the next 70 years. So who knows? Right. I mean, it doesn't look like she has any interest in coming back <laughs> at all. And, and, and on SmackDown, you have Becky Lynch, who, again, I don't mind. But you're, face, you're putting her against Alexa Bliss, who I think has a ton of potential, maybe not there yet, and Nikki Bella, who everybody's seen be champion how many times and for how long. And that's not very exciting to me either. You know, I don't understand what they're doing with Nikki right now. Like, I, I think I think if they put her – because right now she's a babyface, and she doesn't make any sense as a babyface. She should be a heel, and she should be fighting um, – Becky Lynch as the heel trying to get her title back. I mean, that would make that division a lot more exciting. And I think Alexa Bliss is actually, I hated her when she debuted. Um, I hadn't watched her much in 
NXT. Uh, NXT. And I, she came out, and I just thought it seemed like a very old character that they would have had in, like, the mid-2000s, where it's like, look, she's blonde, she's small, she's dressed up in, like, a very skimpy outfit, like, this is just going to be, like, kind of eye candy. And she's actually wound up being really great. So, yeah, I like her a lot. I, I like her a lot in NXT. But I think making... It just it, 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 it all needs work. What, I think. What do you think that? What do you think WWE has been doing well lately? Are you just soured on the whole thing? Well, first I'll I'll tell you what I think about Nikki. Um, I think I, I literally think they just put her there to. Like, you look at that roster; it's a lot of young people, and Carmella, Alexa, and really Becky. And she's really the only veteran person that you think you could even consider giving a title to. Like nobody takes Natalia really that seriously, and I. I really like Naomi in the ring, but for whatever reason, the WWE doesn't care. That is true. So, yeah, I mean, that's all Nikki's there for. It's just to be that veteran person who can be there. Um, now, to go back to the other question of what they've done well. Um, look, I think they've done you know some things very well. Um, I really really have enjoyed Kevin Owens and Chris Jericho. And I think really without that, without the whole Owens Jericho Foley dynamic on raw, raw would be a complete tank show right now. I mean, really that's the only reason I even watch raw. I mean, there's a reason, there's a reason Chris Jericho is as over as he is right now. And it's because he and Kevin Owens are carrying that show and any segment without them in it is kind of just you feel like you're wasting your time and whenever Chris Jericho walks around a corner and like butts into a segment you're like okay at least this has potential of going somewhere yeah I think so the biggest problem is is so like list of Jericho is hilarious I don't every time you put somebody on the list I crack up and I don't know why because I don't really think it's that funny isn't that like so pathetic though that the best thing going for the show is a list like a fictitious yeah, but, list that means nothing. Yeah, but it's classic. I mean, it is amazing. <laughs> and I and you just keep waiting, like that. You just keep waiting for Owens and Jericho to blow up. And every time it seems like they're on the verge, they just fix it, and it's like back to normal. We're okay. I really thought the Aston Kutcher thing a couple weeks ago was funny too, with the best friends. But so the the problem with Raw is, again, you don't have a good tag team division until you, you know, turn New Day heel again, which I don't think you can do until you get rid of Anderson and Gallows. Well, that's, and, not, that's not asking for too much. I, I hope they just go away now. <laughs> yeah. And the biggest and, – and really the biggest problem is, is that you don't have that second tier because currently you have Roman Reigns – as U.S. champion, and Roman Reigns, too, is, regardless of what people think about Roman Reigns, he's too big to be U.S. champion. Mm-hmm. And so the only person, with Cesaro and Sheamus now a tag team, the only person who can face Roman Reigns for the U.S. title is Rusev. And how many times do we have to watch that? I mean, we've watched that match, I feel like, 16 times over the last year and a half. Where was Rusev this month? He's just MIA now? Yeah, I mean, you know, sometimes you got to take a break. Well, you, th- you think Rusev would have been a pretty okay addition to the Raw team? Not more than Braun Strowman. I guess Braun's been really good. I guess Braun is where you go next with 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 uh, Roman, right? 
I mean, you'd think they're trying. It looks like they're trying to hype Braun up to be bigger than U.S. champion too. But I mean, that'd be a cool, a yeah, good but feud. See, but see, that's the problem. Is like that's not a good second tier. Like you, like you look at Roman, you look at Rusev, and you look at Braun, and those are all guys that like if they have the belt, you don't think they're ever going to lose. Right, I guess you like the problem is you just have to find somebody bigger. Like if you give yeah. it to Braun, then who who's going to come to get it? Like, and so like you look at SmackDown on the Intercontinental Championship. That's second tier. Like it's Ziggler, it's Miz, and like whoever else they want to compete with those guys. You don't know for sure that that person can't lose or win. Like I never thought Dolph Ziggler would lose. You know, five days before Survivor Series, but they did. And anytime that happens, you're not like, oh wow, that's a huge surprise. But if Braun Strowman were to become U.S. champion and he loses to, like, Sami Zayn, I'd be like, what the hell? Right. Sami Zayn is your secondary tier there on Raw, and there's no way Sami Zayn beats, uh, like, Roman Reigns. It just doesn't make sense. And, I mean, I understand that, like, probably three months ago, if that, he was beating Kevin Owens. But that because of their history, you can buy that. But you can't yeah. buy Sami Zayn beating... And I mean, maybe the answer is the second tier is Seth now. No, that's just, you can't do that. I mean, that's the other problem Raw has is now that Kevin Owens is the champion, there's nobody to to compete for the championship except Seth. And that's going to get, I mean, that, I'm already bored of that, aren't you? Seth has to win I, something eventually. He hasn't won anything in ages. Yeah, so I think that's, so like, that's the serious problem with Raw is that it has absolutely no depth. It has the five guys that they put out there in that match today and Rusev mm -hmm. and that's it like if those guys aren't your champions or competing for championships you don't want to watch right that's and, a serious problem and I feel bad saying that because I do like Sami Zayn a lot but he just isn't on the same caliber as those other guys I think and I think he will be eventually but like he hasn't other than his Kevin Owens matches, and you're right, I think that dates back to NXT, so there's something there that's already built in that makes that a main event type match. But he's not of the caliber to where you can put him in a match that against anybody other than Kevin Owens and you say, I want to watch that, or that's so intriguing to me. He's just not there yet. And that's the problem that Raw has because they didn't draft... Um john cena or randy orton because if raw had one of those two guys you could throw them into any feud for any belt and it makes sense it does um like i mean just if john cena was on raw right now you have okay we're seth and kevin owens their feud you could say is done because then you could have john cena come and fight ko mm -hmm. and that happened you know two years ago and that was a great two-month feud that they had or the same thing with randy if Seth couldn't do it, Randy can come up and you'd believe it. And the same thing if Randy decided he wanted to go for the U.S. title against, uh, you know, Roman yeah. Reigns. Or you could have Seth and Roman go at it for a little while again and have Randy fighting somebody else. Like, Randy and John Cena, you can throw into any sort of feud and it makes sense. And that's why I think SmackDown has seemed like a more stable show lately because they you always have the Randy or the John Cena presence there. Yeah, I mean, look, and you look at SmackDown, right? And you have you have the four guys minus Shane who fought tonight. You have Dolph Ziggler, you have The Miz, you have John Cena who's away right now. But I mean, it's John Cena. Um, 
you know, mm-hmm. Baron Corbin, Apollo Crews, who, I mean, they've completely butchered Buried. Apollo. But, but they've destroyed Apollo Crews' career. But, like, I think everybody realizes there's potential there. Um, I don't really know what The Undertaker meant last week when he said <laughs> The Undertaker's back and ready to take souls. But if Undertaker's wrestling on, like, an even semi-regular basis, that is super exciting. Mm-hmm. And even, like, other guys like Kane and Luke Harper and stuff like that, like, that's a really deep roster that, like, you wouldn't be upset if any of those guys owns any title. Right. And Raw doesn't have that. Right, because, like, Baron Corbin is, like, obviously he hasn't been there as long, but he can match up with uh, Ziggler or The Miz pretty easily. Mm-hmm. And, like, even Kalisto today, who was in that ridiculously kind of a waste of a... <laughs> cruiserweight classic match but like Kalisto like has done enough in his short time in WWE to kind of deserve uh you know a title shot or something like that to kind of be considered a middle card guy like I'm not a huge fan but like I understand he's an an impressive dude he could be a placeholder intercontinental champion for like three months right exactly like that wouldn't be totally unbelievable now if you put Kalisto on the other roster and you tried (laughs) having him fight Roman Reigns it'd make no sense no and and I I think that's the problem with yeah, and I think, too, like, a lot of these guys in NXT right now, um, Sans, Samoa Joe, and Nakamura, um, because those guys, if they got promoted to Raw right now, they could obviously hold their own um, in any feud. But mm-hmm. I think all those other guys in NXT, if they go onto Raw, there's no logical person on Raw that they should be able to beat. And at least, like, if you promoted, like, a middle-card NXT guy to SmackDown, you'd be like, okay, them versus The Miz isn't too far-fetched. I think every every last superstar that has any sort of success on NXT right now has to go up to Raw within the next six months. I think it has to—I think Joe has to go to Raw. I think Shinsuke has to go to Raw. I think Bobby Roode has to go to Raw. I think Ty Dillinger has to go to Raw. Man, I, I really want Bobby Roode to go to uh, SmackDown, though. That roster needs serious help and depth, and SmackDown has that. And I think they could take some of the lower level guys. Like they could take uh, SmackDown could take No Way Jose. They could take uh, Austin Aries, and they could help that depth. But Raw needs like the big name guys who like you can put into matches and say, okay, like that'll work. The other right now they they have six guys. The other problem with that is a lot of those guys you mentioned, like Bobby Roode and Joe, are heels. They're also old. And they're old. I mean, I guess I could see Samoa Joe getting promoted and going right into a Roman Reigns feud. Like, that would be believable. Yeah, I mean, so here's the thing. We might not even be talking about this if Finn Balor doesn't get injured. That's true. You you can't forget about that. Like, if Finn Balor doesn't get hurt, I don't know where we are currently. But that's a huge loss. I mean, that... I mean, that dude's remarkable. Mm-hmm. And Kevin has held his own with the belt. I mean, I think Kevin's a good champion. Because the I matches he's had and him, his mic skills have improved. And he just looks good with the belt. Um, mm-hmm. And because Finn was a babyface, I mean, we haven't had a babyface champion on either show for a while. Like, Dean was there for maybe a month or two. But yeah. since then, or it's been a long time since you had a babyface holding a belt for like an extended period. On Raw, uh, oof. right? I mean, Cause, yeah, because I mean, I wouldn't consider Roman. No, because nobody. Li- I mean, he was a babyface, but he was kind of 
middle ground. And then AJ Styles mm. is a heel now. He was a babyface when he was going against Roman. But before that, you had Seth forever as a heel. You had Brock for a long time. You had Sheamus. God. <laughs> so, like, since Daniel Bryan, there really hasn't been any babyface with a belt. Uh, it has been that long. It's Daniel it? Bryan had it for two months and then got injured. And then John Cena had it for, I think, all of three weeks before Brock <laughs> took it from him for a year. Yeah, that's crazy. I didn't really think about that. So it would have been interesting seeing Finn because I don't think they would have turned him heel. Uh, no. So, seeing Finn like as a babyface walking around with a belt, uh, I, you can't imagine they would have taken it away from him too quickly. So that, that kind of does change the whole perspective on how you have to look at things. Okay, so I think now we're about 40 minutes in. I think I'd, we'd be remiss not to talk about this. What are your thoughts on James Ellsworth, Nick? Um, <laughs> you know, I have to be honest. I stopped watching WWE for like a two or three week period in October. And I heard through the grapevine that a guy named Ellsworth was around. And uh, I started watching again. So I, I missed, like, parts of the come-up, but the rest of it's been great. I mean, he's – just the look and everything. Like, I, That's why I like SmackDown. It's such a simple storytelling thing that they're doing. But it's like, hey, look, there's this fool here. He's practically, like, a clown. He's not a real wrestler, and he's somehow winning matches, and he's also ruining matches for people. And I think, I think that's totally fine. Yeah, so – so I think it was like half a year ago, I was sitting at David Bostius's house and we were watching and Ellsworth's debut match was a, a job match against Braun Strowman. Yeah, I remember and that. Lost, yeah, and he lost in like seven seconds. I mean, he just like got instantly like reverse chokeslid and that was it. And so I missed Ellsworth's first SmackDown and... David texted me and was like, yo, are you watching SmackDown? And I was like, no, what happened? And he goes, I can't believe you missed it. Ellsworth was <laughs> Ellsworth opened the show. And I was like, Ellsworth, what the heck are you talking about? And he goes, right, you remember the guy who looked like an alien that Braun Strowman destroyed a few months back? I was like, yeah, that guy. And I was like, you're kidding me. That's and a- every week, oh. every week since I've just tuned in. And I'm captivated by James Ellsworth. It's I don't really, know that I've been this captivated by a superstar in a really long time. It's fascinating, and you can't call him a superstar because he just <laughs> – he doesn't have the look. He doesn't – I don't even – have we actually seen him wrestle? Yeah, he had two world heavyweight title matches against AJ Styles. Yeah, but like has he, he – did he really have moves in those matches? Like, Yeah, he hit AJ Styles with no chin music. Uh. <laughs> no chin <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that, tick- that tickles the funny bone. <laughs> How long do you think this Ellsworth thing could go? Um, man, it was – it kind of prolonged itself at least a couple more months today, didn't it? I, I mean, mean the fact that he – you could argue that he won SmackDown the match because they were doing nothing against Braun Strowman. Yeah, he he did. Um, and you have to assume after that he's going to get some sort of opportunity to do something. Maybe he'll fight The Miz. I would I would love it so much if James Ellsworth beat the Miz. Hey, people would people would pop like crazy, wouldn't they? <laughs> I would love it so much. You have no idea. But it's I mean, obviously in the future 
I, I don't think this goes more than like another month or two. Um, and then after that, maybe Ellsworth at a year and a half or so, er, probably every other year shows up at the rumble and gets an interesting pop. Yeah. I mean, he's like, but. he's like a bigger version of Hornswoggle from mid two thousands. Oh yeah. Like exactly. he just, he just like shows up and like he ruins things and it's hilarious. Except this one's a little more, uh, PC. Hornswoggle, I mean, not necessarily politically correct at times. An, an Irish midget? I mean, is that any worse than a guy who, he literally has no chin. He looks <laughs> like an alien. And, okay, so the thing I think I like most about James Ellsworth has nothing to do with Ellsworth. It has more to do with how JBL describes him and just chastises him over air. It's, that, that's another thing. SmackDown's commentary team is a billion times better than Raw's team just because of JBL. Well, and what's his name? Um, and that, Ronaldo? And Mauro Ronaldo? Yeah, he's Mauro's just... He makes he's much everything better than sound Cole. exciting. <laughs> like he's, he's just, he screams and the voice, it just adds legitimacy to what's going on. You feel like it, it kind of has weight because he gets excited. Yeah, Ronaldo, Ronaldo brings you in play-by-play play and JBL's extra hilarious. I don't really care for Otunga. Otunga's, and, Otunga's fine. I don't, um, I don't like Corey. You don't like Corey? See, I love Corey. Yeah, I find him annoying. I mean, all of them are annoying, I guess. But I, I, I like Corey a lot. I hate Booty Saxton. I hate Byron Saxton. Yeah, so much. I guess I just don't like any of those Raw announcers. I and mean, maybe that makes the watching Raw worse. I never really considered that. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's whatever. Raw SmackDown has Tom Phillips now, which I don't like. I lost a lot of respect for Tom Phillips when. Jericho and Kevin kept calling him by the wrong name <laughs> for like a month. Uh, the list of Jericho. Um, so if we were going to do our uh, a WWE draft. Oh, that's coming up in a couple months. A yeah. couple weeks, isn't it? Yeah, we, we have to do it sometime in December, I think. Um, I, I, I won the uh, inaugural Fresh Out the Deli WWE uh, Fantasy League. Yeah. Uh, that was it's not over you, yet. We have another month, but I think I'm up you, by like double. You dominated. Who did I have? I had Kevin Owens. I got you Triple had Kevin H. Owens, I had Sasha and, Sasha and Charlotte. And I think then I had three people who are retired now. I had Daniel Bryan. I had uh, King Barrett. And I think I had somebody else who may be dead. I was a year too early on Braun Strowman. It's mm. upsetting. Yeah, Braun's going to have a nice run next year. Um and nobody in that draft took AJ Styles, and I think I took Samoa Joe, and he's uh, currently still in NXT. He's still in NXT, so. so I think I was... took Shinsuke, so that's not any worse. I don't know if you took Shinsuke. You took somebody from NXT though that had. I took Finn. I took Finn. Ba- I took Finn Balor. Oh yeah, you did. That's what it was. So my, and and my, so you got points my, for there. My first three picks were Dean Ambrose, Finn Balor, and Seth Rollins. So you've been and pretty unlucky. You've had a lot of uh, a lot of uh, what's it called representation in title matches. Not a lot of titles. Yes. <laughs> if you got points for just being in the title matches, you may be very close to me. Yeah, easily. Uh, I also uh, had Kofi Kingston. Oh yeah, that that that's good. That's getting you the new day uh, bump. And Perdomo drafted Trump. So. God. <laughs> I can't believe he drafted Trump. I'm not surprised he drafted Trump. I am surprised Trump won. But well, I'm not here to talk politics. I'm here to talk wrestling. 
Yeah. Um, so, if, but if we were going to do the draft today, give me a little look at your draft board. What do you think into the future? Uh, we're coming up to the end of the year right now. Royal Rumble's, you know, a month and a half away. So, if you had the first pick right now, who would you take for next year? Who do you think is going to hold the most belts? Who has the most promise? I'd take Kevin Owens, number one. Strictly for the fact that we haven't seen Triple H since he handed Kevin the belt. So obviously there's something still there. Mm -hmm. I don't see Kevin losing this thing for at least another five, six months. And and if he does, he has very uh, good claims to either getting more title matches to get it back or fighting somebody lower for the U.S. Mm -hmm. title or something like that. Um, And and Kevin Owens never gets hurt. I think that yeah, I think that's a slam dunk pick. I don't think you can make any other choice other than KO right now. I mean, he is the face of the company. I agree. Um, I think Kevin Owens has to be the first off the board at this point. Um, I think, and I look, I'm just thinking back. This time last year, remember how many injuries there were? It was crazy. We're getting very lucky right now with the. Uh, I mean, there are people injured here and there, and people missing. But in terms of like the top level. People, it's other than Finn, like we're yeah. pretty we're pretty healthy at the moment, and that's kind of an oddity the last few years. Well, I think it's a, lo- a large part of it's to do with the brand split. If if there is a positive to come out of this horrible, horrible brand split, it's that it's reduced travel on the guys. They don't have to wrestle as much, and so in turn, just by sheer not doing what they have to do on a daily basis anymore. It, it takes a lot of the pressure. It takes a lot of that stress off your body, and so they just get hurt less. You know what I'm going to say about the brand split? Uh, I understand where you're coming from with disliking it and thinking it's kind of been a failure. Um, I think – I don't think either of the shows right now are – I hear that your laundry's done. It is. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I don't think either of the shows right now are – as good as Raw was in its peak before the brand split. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I will say that the brand split it gives you, because it gives you more storylines and more feuds, I think there are more good things happening overall right now than there were before, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and it might not result in a great show for Raw or SmackDown each week, but because now instead of having, let's say, 10 storylines like you did before and having three of the 10 be good. Now we have 20 storylines, and that results in six or seven good ones that are worth watching, and they may not all be on the same show. But just having that around does kind of make it a little more enjoyable for me. Yeah, I mean, I feel like, okay, so for somebody, like, for me, the positives are I watch wrestling I know you don't, but I watch wrestling the whole, you know, five hours a week, non-pay-per-view weeks, eight hours a week on pay-per-view weeks. I wish so I had I watch, the time to do that. I really do, but I, I just so don't. I, so I watch every minute. So for me, that the big positive is, yeah, maybe Raw's taken a step or two back, but SmackDown has become infinitely better than what it was because, I mean, before the brand split, we wouldn't even talk SmackDown. No, because like if, 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 you if somebody were to ask SmackDown us, was a throwaway. Yeah, if somebody were to ask us, did you see what happened on SmackDown? We would have laughed at him and said, no, why are you watching that? You can spend your Fridays, you know, doing something much better than watching SmackDown. Um, yeah. So I, I think it's I think it's 
you know, made it more fun to people who, who love this because it makes it, it makes it, it allows you to put more time into it. My problem is not that I think it's been completely disastrous just from every standpoint. I look at it more like it's been a disaster because it had so much potential. Had they done it right, it could have been so good. And I just feel like they fell short. So you don't think it's bad. You just think that it could be better. And because of that, it kind of ruins it for you. Yeah, I think it could be not even better. I think it could be much, much better. And, um, yeah, I mean, like, I'm still enjoying it. And, you know, obviously, you know, maybe I'm not enjoying it as much as pre-brand split. But I think that also comes with working out the kinks and stuff. I mean, what, were it happened what, five months ago? I will, I will say that the oversaturation of pay-per-views... That's a problem. Is a problem. It makes it a little daunting. They, I, I'd, ra- I'd much rather them ha- go alternating months than each of them having their own every single month. Because it feels like you're having yes, a agree. title match every week, and it kind of waters down the product. Um, and I like when they do co- combine pay-per-views like they did today. Uh, mm-hmm. Like, and, that's, and I don't want that every month by no. any means. Uh, and if you do do something like that, you have to make sure that you're integrating them correctly or in a good way. You can't just have – like I, the problem I had with uh, Survivor Series as a whole is I felt like it was just thrown together. Yeah. Like there was no reason – it was like Survivor Series is coming, so now the two have to feud. Like there really was no depth to the feud. Like there was no reason for Raw to hate SmackDown, for SmackDown to hate Raw other than it was Survivor Series and we have to hate them for some reason. Like yeah, storyline-wise, so. it didn't make any sense for any of this to happen. And I feel like they could have done better because I feel like there were storylines like from pre-brand split that they could have played off of that like would have made it much more interesting that yeah. they just com- completely neglected. Yeah, like apparently they just – they kind of just yada yada over the whole Bray Wyatt and Braun Strowman don't like each other anymore thing. Yeah, like they like met and like looked at each other in the eyes for like five seconds and then Braun Strowman clotheslined him. But like they should have given some sort of background on that. You could have led up to like Braun is on his own now and he's learning that Bray Wyatt – like you could have done that for months, that Bray Wyatt was deceiving him the whole time and that Braun now you know has become his own man. And now that he has mm-hmm. to go against Bray Wyatt, like here's like his way of getting back at the person that once kind of controlled him. Or yeah, you could have done something think... like that, and it's just they didn't they didn't play on it. The same thing with like Dean Ambrose versus Roman and Seth. You could have done something there that it was like, will the Shield get back together, or will will Roman and or like you could have had something in there that like now that Roman and Seth are kind of buddies again, Dean's like fuck those guys, I don't like them. Like they're betraying me. They betrayed me before. Now they're hanging out. Like I'm not dealing with that. Like they could have had. Like, some pretty deep things in that match, and they just chose to just have it a straight good wrestlers versus good wrestlers match, which is, like, fine sometimes, but... And also, they kept the storylines within their shows. Right. Which, like... It's like, what I want to see is, like, I agree with you, if you alternate once every month, and then you all come together for the big five pay-per-views, so Money in the Bank, WrestleMania, Royal Rumble, Survivor Series, and SummerSlam, and... What I want to, what I would like, ultimately want to see is like, okay, um, you know, Roman Reigns injures Dean Ambrose. Dean Ambrose misses five months, misses the Royal Rumble, misses WrestleMania. Okay, at SummerSlam, I want you. Like, 
I'm getting you back type of stuff. Right. And like, I would like to see like it not just be Survivor Series where it's like Raw versus SmackDown, but like, okay, so you've been having these storylines on SmackDown over the course of the year, but there's also that stuff that you still remember from when you were at Raw or, you know, stuff like that, that like kind of always keeps you on your toes of, okay, is something going to happen between that because that happened? Right. And, and I guess there weren't that many things built in like that when they did the draft, like by keeping people like Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn on the same show, you kind of eliminate something like that. Cause if you had that in a survivor series match where one's on one team and one's on the other, mm-hmm. like that's a story that you can get behind. So maybe like just the draft wasn't perfect for this sort of scenario. Yeah. And I think another thing is I, again, we're, we're five months into this. So bugs are still getting worked out. I think, so the thing I liked about the brand split before is that it had that, but I think that also comes from just the constant roster change. Now, if they're going to do this every year where the WWE draft is still every year so that guys are constantly moving shows and belts are constantly moving, then eventually that kind of stuff will create itself. Mm-hmm. It just is going to take time. And I think right now in the vacuum of the current you know period of time that we're in, it looks bad. But I think in the long run, it could still be good, you know, but but even with that, there's still, you know, some things, oversaturation of titles, oversaturation of pay-per-views that kind of upset you. But I think over time, it's going to get better. I, I'm hoping it will. Uh, I was just thinking, do we know what the prize of the Royal Rumble is going to be? I think the winner, so I think what they'll do for like Royal Rumble and um, what they used to do for Royal Rumble and Money in the Bank is you get to face whoever you want. Right. So if you win the Royal Rumble, you get to pick the champion you want to fight. And the same with Money in the Bank. Like, you can invade Raw, cash in, and even though you're on the SmackDown roster, now you're on the Raw roster because you own that title. Okay, I guess I can understand that. So you're saying the winner of the Royal Rumble would get a main event of a a match in WrestleMania against Against the champion champion of his choosing. Okay. Yes. I mean, I, so if John I guess Cena, that's kind of interesting. So if John Cena won the Royal Rumble, they'd have a big lead-up of, like, who's he going to pick, Owens or Styles? Which I assume he'd pick Styles. That's not very exciting. I don't want to see that again. <laughs> I really need Styles to lose now. Uh, well, John Cena's not going to win the Royal Rumble again. Don't be so sure, buddy. Gosh. I guess who is going to win the Royal Rumble? Maybe Seth? No, it's always somebody who – it's never the person – like, Seth's the logical choice, but it's always the surprise person who comes back. And I think John's going to be gone until the Royal Rumble. It's not always the surprise person that comes back. It's always the unsurprising person that comes back. It's the person that you expect to be to come back. surprise. Like, to everybody be knew Batista was coming back, and you're like, oh, I guess he's going to win. And everybody last year knew Triple H would be entry 30, and he was there and he won. And, like, so I guess yeah. everybody would know that John Cena's coming back. It's just all about, like, you just have to, like, so the biggest thing at the Rumble is, like, you have to be willing, you have to be, like, paying attention to who's injured and when they're supposed to come back. Because, like, those guys, if they're big names, like, seen, I mean, anytime, seen, anytime Cena's injured and he's, like, he could come back in January, like, Cena has to be your favorite to win the Royal Rumble that year. I mean, I'm hoping, I think the best case scenario would be if Finn was healthy enough. Uh, it, it's 
possible. I think I that's, mean, that's like around, right at that's the a, timeline, right? That's right around his timetable. So, yeah, let's put that. Let's put Finn Balor as the favorite to win the Royal Rumble. I mean, that Which, in that great. case, Finn Balor versus Kevin Owens. And that they had some wars at NXT. I think that'd be fun to watch again. Or Finn Balor versus AJ Styles. I mean, knowing the history that they had together Ooh, in, in Japan. Japan would be really interesting, too. I mean, that's something you have to build in, but... I didn't even think about that. That would be huge. Yeah, Finn wins. I mean, that's a no-lose situation. Mm-hmm. Let's root for that. Let's root I, for that one. And you just have to pray that he's healthy enough in time for that. Because yeah, let's root for seeing that. John Cena come back, you know, from <laughs> no injury, just come back from being uh, filming uh, movies for, like, the eighth time in winning the Royal Rumble would be a huge disappointment. That being said, it's been so disappointing the last, like, five Royal Rumbles. <laughs> Last year's Royal Rumble was pretty fun. Well, it's not disappointing. The matches, I guess, are okay. I mean, we both expected the, Triple the, H to come back. Right, right. The ultimate results have been disappointing because there there hasn't been, like, a surprise twist. Yeah, but I even thought, I even thought like, Triple H winning was still kind of cool. Oh, I, I thought Triple H did a great job. I mean, it was expected, but you liked it. Like, it beat the hell out of having Roman Reigns win. I don't mind Roman as much as everybody else does. But, yeah. I mean, Triple H is a... Well, see, it's kind of hard to say Triple H is a good champion. He didn't actually defend the title. He did once against Dean. And lost. No, he won. He oh, beat, that's right. He, he did beat win. Dean at a roadblock or fast lane or whatever the heck that fake pay-per-view was. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's right, because the Royal Rumble was for the WWE title, not... To right, right. main event WrestleMania. Okay, yeah. And then he lost to Roman at WrestleMania. Did he lose to Roman at WrestleMania? Yeah, that and, then, and then he hadn't been back since until uh, he helped Kevin Owens. Oh, that's right. And he hasn't Roman been Reigns, back since then. Roman Reigns busted his jaw. Yeah, that's right. Beat the crap out of him. Okay. Speaking of old guys, uh, Goldberg did look pretty good. He looked pretty big and in shape. Yeah, but like, <laughs> you got me. You got me back on this. Like, I was actually like happy. Like, you had like kicked me out of my funk, and now you get me back on this. Is how you're going to end the show? <laughs> yeah, it has to have to come full circle. Talk about the old guy with the white care. beard. I don't care how good he looked. Like, he could have looked like freaking Superman for all you care. This is Brock Lesnar we're talking about. And we're talking about the guy who beat the Undertaker, the guy who suplexed John Cena 19 times. And never even let John Cena even think about attempting an offensive move. A guy who mutilated Randy Orton, who's one of the greatest to ever wrestle. And you have him lose to a guy, like, yeah, a buff old dude. Cool. Uh, You might as well have had him lose to James frickin' Ellsworth. That would have been epic. You would have been so much happier if, like, they said, like, unfortunately, Goldberg's car has broken down and we cannot... uh, we cannot have the match that was originally scheduled and everybody boos and then Ellsworth's music hits. Like, people would have gone apeshit. Here's the thing. Can you imagine James Ellsworth hitting Brock Lesnar with no chin music? I, I, I couldn't, but... Like, you could just have Brock Lesnar sitting on the ring in the ring laughing and Ellsworth coming out all serious and Brock's laughing and not paying attention and talking to Heyman and then, like, Ellsworth does something that, uh, you know... Brock slips on a banana peel. I don't know. You can give Ellsworth the win in a funky way like that. Like, if Lesnar lost in a jokey fashion, like, you'd be okay with it. But the way he lost today was just, ugh. 
and it was stupid. It was like, I mean, it was like, okay, like Brock Lesnar picks him up, shoves him into the turnbuckle with like ultimate force, and like Bill Goldberg is invincible. Like he ate a freaking Mario star, and he just bounces off the turnbuckle and pushes Brock Lesnar to the ground. And all of a sudden, Brock Lesnar, the greatest, you know, what does JBL call him, the greatest combat fighter of all time. It's like it's like he's staring at a ghost. He's scared. Like Brock Lesnar's not scared of anybody. And we had all this conversation all the time. How many Brock Lesnar's would it take to kill a gorilla? Like ten? <laughs> I mean, like, you mean how many gorillas would it take to kill a Brock Lesnar? Yeah, like this guy's not scared of anybody. All of a sudden he gets pushed to the ground and all of a sudden he sees the fear of God and then Goldberg spears him twice and he broke four ribs and gets jackhammered and he loses in two minutes. Come would, on. Would now. you have been happier if Goldberg had beat him with no chin music? What I expected is I just expected Lesnar to bully the the crap out of him and then like laugh at his child. Like that would have been perfect to me. Like that's the best that that was the best case scenario, and that's not even entertaining. But like I would have like enjoyed like five suplexes, an F five, you know, one of those straight elbows that busts Goldberg open. He pins him and he just stands there and laughs at his fat kid. Did you see the kid? And I don't want to be mean to the kid, so anybody the kid taking his shirt off at the end. I'm sorry, the kid taking his shirt off. I mean, what are we doing? Here? I felt very uncomfortable watching that. That's the not what I come em- watch WWE for. The kid should be embarrassed. I mean, look at your father. That guy's like 50 years old. He's in great shape, and you look like you've been, you know, scarfing down pudding for the last six months. Brock Lesnar's taking shits bigger than Bill Goldberg's <laughs> child. It's just, you know, that, that entire, just the fanfare of that entire last match was a load of malarkey. And, you know, the best <sighs> the worst thing about the whole match is that now we're probably going to be stuck watching Goldberg come out for another month and a half. Yeah, he's, like, not even interesting on the mic. He's, like, almost, no. like, semi to like he like just screams and shouts and he makes those weird faces that <laughs> that look like he's eating a lemon. He does. His face just gets all like <laughs> upside down and twisted. I do like when he walks through the fire and blows the smoke. Yeah, I do like that. That's cool. His entrance is great. I will I His will entrance is cool. You follow him, follow him through the back and he smokes the fireworks. And the, and the music is good. It's like it's an epic song. Like it's maybe I'll start the podcast with it. And you, and you know what's sad? The, the saddest thing is, like, you you can't be excited about a Brock Lesnar match anymore. Like, no. for the rest, of his car- the rest of his career, he's not the main event anymore. He's just not. And so, like, you could tell me, like, tomorrow night on Raw, Brock Lesnar is fighting, he's fighting Samoa Joe. And, like, had you told me that 14 hours ago, I might have looked up plane tickets to get to that arena. And, like, weighed cost-benefit analysis of, like, could I afford to go? Like that match would be kind of sweet to look at. And now, like if you said that tomorrow, I'd be like, I might not even watch raw. Would, is there a way that we can go and do like, uh, WWE doesn't take enough time to do this, the things like this, but like Lesnar loses that match shockingly. And he now has like the yips and like, just can't the yips. Like when like John Lester can't throw to first base, or, like, Ryan Zimmerman can no longer field and throw a ball. Like, Lesnar just, like, all of a sudden can't win. Like, he tries suplexing. Like, he goes and has, like, a squash match against, like, an Ellsworth-esque character tomorrow just to redeem himself. And, like, he doesn't know how to suplex somebody. And, like, he keeps losing in, like, these weird, weird ways. And then, like, he slowly builds himself back up. Like, maybe we could do something weird like that. 
but then Brock is not a then Brock is all, just a comedy <laughs> act, and we don't want that at all. I think you're trying to sell me on James Ellsworth beating Brock Lesnar. I really and I am. Don't think, and I don't think, like, even me, the biggest James Ellsworth fan, can get behind that. Look, I don't want to see Brock Lesnar redeem himself. Brock Lesnar shouldn't have to redeem himself. And now he has to redeem himself. I don't want to watch that. I'm, like, sorry. He's, he's not human. Other people have to redeem themselves. Brock Lesnar is basically a gorilla in... A human form he shouldn't have to redeem himself all right like like those like those kinds of redemption stories are for comic books this isn't comic books this is real life (laughs) right bill goldberg is for comic books this is i'm frustrated nick i'm frustrated well you should go to bed it's a it's past midnight for you it's almost midnight for me are you writing yeah i'm on east i'm on central time zone i'm at my mom's house right now so Oh, I'm with you. Sweet. I didn't but, uh, know that. Sorry. Yeah, I'm writing. I'm frustrated still, so I'll I'll have this to you tonight because I I um I'm dumbfounded still. Okay. Well, <laughs> you get to writing. Uh, thanks for doing the podcast so late in the day. That no, was fun, man. I'm glad we got to do it. We've been yeah. we've been wanting to do it for so long, and now you know I know what you're going to do when you move to Austin. My work schedule is ridiculous, and I haven't had the time. But um, yeah, that's what happens. Like you, you, you gotta move in. You gotta get your stuff ready. You gotta settle into work. Figure out a schedule. I mean, I, I should honestly be writing stuff for work right now. So I may actually, after I get off the uh, the phone with you, I may just go and write like two or three stories. I may not go to bed till like two. So that's something to look forward to on a Sunday night. It's basically my normal day. So yeah. I, I get you. But uh, so, so thanks for joining. Thanks, everybody, for listening to us. Uh, this was the Five Knuckle Sandwich. I think the name's okay. It doesn't really roll off the tongue, though. No, but I love it. <laughs> and it's, a, it's a nod to, to John Cena, you know, one of the greatest of all time. And, and it's, nobody, it's a delis everywhere. Yeah, nobody wants me to say that, but you all can go to hell. John Cena's great. And that's coming from probably the biggest Randy uh, Orton mark of all time. Yeah, Brandon, I mean, I have a cardboard cutout of Randy in my room. Do you still have that? Yeah, I do. That's weird. It is weird. (laughs) But it's it's, it's sweet all at the same time, man. All right. Well, I will talk to you later. Get me that that story. Uh, I guess when you you finish it, I'll put it online. All right. Sounds good. All right. I will. uh, It was fun, man. Yeah. It was fun. See ya. At times I thought we'd never make it. Now we on our way to greatness Uh, And all I ever took was patience I, I, I used to feel so